Welcome to Appearance Matters, the podcast and our summer short series. The goal of this series is to bring you 10 short bite-sized episodes covering 10 different papers our team at the Centre for Appearance Research, UE Bristol, have published recently. I'm Nadia and I'm here today with Dr. Kat Schneider, a research fellow at CAR and Dr. Ben Gibson, a lecturer at De Montfort University. Hi Kat and Ben, thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having us. Hi Nadia, thanks for having us. Great, great to have you here. So tell me what paper we're talking about today. Right, so we're talking about our recent systematic review that was published in um, the International Journal of Eating Disorders, um, and it's called A Mixed Study Systematic Review of the Experiences of Body Image, Disordered Eating, and Eating Disorders During the COVID-19 Pandemic. Fantastic. And as a little side note, I don't know if you saw this, but IGED, so the International Journal of Eating Disorders, impact factor has gone up very recently, which is exciting. So as a quick side note for our listeners, academic journals are indexed, I think, yearly with something called an impact factor, which is a measure of the frequency with which the average article in that journal has been cited in a particular year. And essentially, that's used as an indicator of the importance of the journal in the field. So essentially, it's good when it goes up. So I thought that was something fun to mention. So let's get back to the paper. Kat, perhaps you could answer this one. Could you tell us the co-authors on the paper? Yes, we had a really great uh, research team on this paper, and I'll just list them in um, kind of order of authorship, just for ease. Um, So we had Gina Pegram, who is a previous research associate at CAR. Uh, We have Deborah Talamonti, who is a research fellow at the Epic Center of the Montreal Heart Institute in Canada. Aline Tinoco, who is a research associate at CAR currently. Our wonderful podcast host, Nadia Kravik. (laughs) A research fellow at CAR, um, Emily Matheson, who's a senior research fellow at CAR, um, and Mark Forsha, who's a senior lecturer in health psychology um, at Liverpool John Moores University. Fantastic. And I'll just add there that it was an amazing collaboration. And thank you so much, Kat, for bringing us all together. Um, it was a really fun project to be part of. So I wonder if we can move on and you tell us why this work was needed and what was the main aim of the paper? Sure. So, of course, We've seen kind of early research from the beginning phases of the pandemic show that um, it has had an overall negative effect on on people's mental health, general mental health. But also it's maybe particularly harmful for body image and eating concerns. Um, So, for example, because of the pandemic and associated lockdowns, it reduced kind of access to social support, access to healthcare access to eating disorder treatment, also through other mechanisms such as increasing food insecurity because the initial phase of the pandemic were obviously characterized by a lot of panic buying um, Mm -hmm. and and empty empty shops. Um, And then there are things like spending more time on social media, spending more time on Zoom, uh, which can increase appearance concerns as well. Um, And of course, very stigmatizing public health messaging about uh, weight gain and the effects of weight um, on COVID outcomes as well. So our overall aim was to kind of pull together all the available evidence and, and find out what the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic was on uh, body image and disordered eating and eating disorders. Yeah, that's great. And I will try not to chip in each time, but I was just thinking back. When we were starting the project, we were also reading headlines in the papers related to rising admissions for eating disorders. And there were also like really high records of calls to eating disorder helpline charities as well. So what I think is really special about this paper is that we included disordered eating as well as eating disorders because it gets at that broader spectrum. And we we know that eating disorders are underdiagnosed and just gives us a bit more insight. So I 
wonder if you could talk us through how we approached the question. How did how did we look at this? How how did we how did we work out whether the pandemic impacted body image disorders, eating, and eating disorders? Yeah, so we conducted a systematic review to bring together existing studies in order to get an overview of the impact of a pandemic on, as Kat said, body image, disordered eating and eating disorders. Uh, so for anyone listening at home who's not overly familiar mm. with systematic reviews, uh, this is just a type of study that brings together all available evidence in a particular field um, so that we may find patterns and themes and so that then we can make recommendations based on what is known. Um, so we specifically searched for all studies that evaluated the effects of the pandemic on body image and eating concerns. And then we looked at these patterns and themes, both between and within studies. And then we explored sort of, um, or, or rather to, in order uh, to explore uh, what effects the pandemic had on uh, body image and, and, and eating. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Ben. And thanks for defining systematic reviews. And I'm just thinking from memory, it was 75 papers in total, wasn't it? That we Something looked like at. That, yeah. 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 So that, that yes. was a lot. And I think it's interesting how many papers were coming out at the time focusing on this topic, just like highlighting how important it was and is to, to see what's happening. So I wonder if we can talk about what the findings were. So maybe, Ben, sticking with you, can you tell us what the, the headline findings were from the study? Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, there was there was a substantial amount of kind of research available, right? And I think that meant that we had, you know, quite kind of rich. Uh, kind mm -hmm. of data to um, to kind of play around with a lot of rich data kind of uh, to sort of uh, sift from. And so kind of as a result, we, we end up identifying about sort of four key findings or themes uh, from mm -hmm. our review. So firstly, uh, the pandemic, you know, whether that was kind of like the, uh, the illness of the virus itself, um, but also related public health and lockdown measures. These disrupted, you know, uh, people's daily routines. Mm -hmm. uh, for people living with eating disorders specifically, uh, this uh, disrupted access to treatment. We also saw that it was a disruption to access to mental and physical health services more generally for, um, for all individuals. Secondly, and I think it's important to note that we found that the impact of a pandemic on body image and eating concerns varied. Um, mm. So while most studies showed that body image and eating concerns worsened during the pandemic, which is you know, kind of what we were expecting, um, others found that there was no change in symptoms or concerns. And some studies actually found that body image and eating disorder symptoms improved. So thirdly, and possibly related to this, uh, the review showed that there were specific factors and characteristics that were associated uh, with whether people would experience worse or better outcomes. Uh, so just to give you, uh, to give you an example, uh, people who had worse mental health, body, body image, or eating concerns before the pandemic, uh, as well as those with less social support or worse personal relationships, were more likely to report worse outcomes. And so by contrast, uh, those who had better coping skills, uh, higher self-compassion, as well as um, more support and better support from others, uh, we're more likely to pour, report those kind of better improved mm. outcomes. And then finally, uh, the review showed that people who identified as belonging to a marginalized or underrepresented group, so for example, uh, people who identified as LGBTQ+, uh, tend to report worse outcomes or, or at least different concerns and challenges, right? Mm. Again, just to give you another quick example to tell you what I mean. Uh, findings suggest that if you were quarantined with people who did not approve of your gender identity or sexuality, then this uniquely had an impact mm. on body image uh, and your eating. Yeah, I think that it just really highlights there were so many different like contextual factors yeah. within that. So although we're all going through the same 
pandemic, how that played out based on personal characteristics and then like the circumstances that you were in were so different. So of course, it it makes sense that it was going to be different for different people, right? So I'm curious, was there anything that really surprised you in the findings? Maybe Kat, I'll turn to you for that one. Um, Yeah, thanks. Um, Yeah, just just to reiterate what Ben and, and, and you said as well, like, one of the tricky things was actually pulling together the findings because mm. they're so complex and mm. varied and just kind of writing it into one one paper. Mm. Um, the fact that some people's body image and or eating improved as a result of the pandemic or during the pandemic was definitely very surprising. Um, of course, kind of as individuals, we can also say that certain things got worse, certain things got better, uh, but kind of seeing this bigger picture that um, despite that a lot of research was focused on the negative outcomes, mm. Actually, they were finding that some people were reporting positive outcomes and some people were reporting positive and negative outcomes. So something improved and something got worse. Mm. So I think that was really, really interesting because whilst we mentioned that possibly the pandemic has negative impacts because, you know, we spend more time on social media or we face more appearance pressures. But actually, the pandemic also gave people a break from from societal Mm. appearance pressures. You know, we were able to stay home. People with body image and eating disorders, um, eating disorder concerns could take a break from weight monitoring. Mm-hmm. Um, even individuals, for example, who identify as LGBTQ+, they were able to step back from kind of societal pressures to present their bodies and gender in a certain way. And specifically individuals with eating disorders um, in some of the qualitative research we found reported also that the pandemic gave them time to focus on recovery mm-hmm. and, and also greater motivation to recover. So, um, so I think that was definitely surprising and welcome finding. I'm so glad you brought this up and I think because we have just heard such a negative narrative on the impact of the pandemic particularly when we're thinking about eating disorders body image and to have that maybe the counterpoint or the balance or just that alternative because sometimes it can be strange if you you feel like you're doing well but then you're told that everyone is doing badly you kind of feel like oh maybe I should be doing badly in this in this context so I think it's really important to say it's we don't all react to the same thing in the same way. Like, and some people have really benefited from this this period of time, and that's Absolutely. great. And that's something that we can kind of hold on to and and learn from. And what can we learn from those positive experiences to help others who maybe were struggling more? Absolutely. I was I was gonna say that like if some people are experiencing positive outcomes or are not being negatively affected, then mm. maybe there are things we can we can take from that to support others, mm-hmm. um, make sure everyone's coping better through this pandemic and and after as well yeah 100 percent. so let's start thinking about some of the implications what would you say are the main implications of the paper so actually we uh, there were several implications i think of uh, this study so uh, the implications not just for individuals with body image and uh, eating concerns but we also feel there are implications for researchers, for clinicians, and public health messaging as well. So for individuals, um, we found that social support is important, you know, whether that is virtual, whether that's in person, uh, but so too is maintaining um, daily routines, you know, kind mm-hmm. of a sense of normality, I guess. Um, and also kind of taking advantage of, of, of what people try to refer to as like the new normal, uh, mm-hmm. but to maybe access healthcare and treatments in different ways. So, you know, maybe taking advantage of, new online support mm-hmm. as well. Um, for clinicians, uh, we feel, um, you know, you should be aware of what factors can worsen or improve body image and eating during COVID-19 uh, and to just be mindful of the unique needs of participants with different identities. Public health messaging um, should be non-stigmatizing and weight and should use weight neutral language. 
Phil Strange has to keep repeating mm-hmm. that message, but there we go. And then finally, um, we basically um, argue that more research is definitely needed on this topic, uh, especially um, around kind of a long-term impacts of what is basically still an ongoing pandemic. We're still not sure of kind of these more mm-hmm. long-term kind of um, impacts. Yeah, great. Thanks for that, Ben. And I think, yeah, we have to keep repeating the need for weight neutral language until it happens, right? So, yeah, um, yeah it's always good to keep underscoring that. And I really like the, the breakdown of implications for individuals, for clinicians, and then like for public health messaging more broadly. So I think that's really useful. Before we wrap up, is there anything we have missed from this conversation that that would be good to, to reflect on or, or share? I think we just want to highlight that you know our article um, is available open access mm-hmm. so there's no there's no paywall there's no physical barriers yeah. to it if you want to you know, look look into our findings in more detail people are more than free to do so right yeah absolutely and we'll put the the link to the paper in our show notes so this has been a really I've been excited about this conversation because obviously being part of it and and been so proud of the work that we've done together it was certainly a, a passion project between all of us so it's been really fun to to talk about it on the podcast. But before I can let you go, because this is our summer shorts series, we've got a little spin on our typical cake question that we normally ask in the podcast. I would love to know from each of you what your favorite summer snack is. I because I recently went to Italy. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say granita, which is mm-hmm. basically, I don't know if you've ever had it, basically kind of mm-hmm. like a flavored crushed ice it's basically like super refreshing when it's super uh-huh. hot I guess like a, like slushy, a slush puppy kind of yeah uh-huh. do you have a yeah. favorite flavor I always go for lemon so yeah nice and Ben how about you yeah so I was listening to one of these shorts the other day and uh, Maya has already discussed um mint choc chip ice cream supremacy she's, <laughs> she's right Nadia um, <laughs> I felt so bad because I had so much judgment when she said that I was like oh my god it tastes like toothpaste <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have even cut that from it but I was you can hear the judgment in my voice but yeah <laughs> each your own you can all enjoy whatever ice cream you like I'm, I'm a big fan of ice cream but it's very good but if if we don't if, okay if I don't want to be controversial then Victoria sponge cake um you know perfect for summer you got sponge you got jam you got cream nice perfect it, it's actually a very summer cake I've not really thought yeah. about it before actually but not, as you say it and then maybe with some fresh strawberries would be nice oh yeah yes mm. Okay, yeah, no, I approve of I approve of both yes. of your summer snacks. You're you're fine. Thank you. <laughs> we've won the podcast. We've 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 done our job. We've done our job well. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Ben and Kat, for for joining. It's been really fun chatting. Thank Thanks you. for having, having us. us. I hope you've enjoyed this latest episode of our summer short series, and a big thank you again to Kat and Ben for joining me. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to share, subscribe, rate and review. It helps other people find the podcast.